Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope it's a great day or evening wherever you are on the planet. Health is so important to many of us, hopefully all of us, because it helps us live longer. It helps us produce and focus and have wonderful relationships and feel good about ourselves, and there's so much importance about how to keep healthy, whether it's food or exercise and today I have somebody on that's going to be our guest who knows all about health and inflammation and we're going to talk about that today. So Dr. Lori Shemek is called the Inflammation Terminator. She's a leading fat cell researcher and she's recognized as an authority on inflammation and its role in weight loss, preventing disease, and in optimizing health. Dr. Shemek is the author of How to Fight Fat Flammation and the best-selling author of Fire Up Your Fat Burn. She's a leading health and weight loss expert and has made it her mission to help clients lose weight and educate the public on the toxic effects of certain foods and lifestyle choices and how they create inflammation in the body that can result in weight gain and also in disease. The Huffington Post has recognized Dr. Chemek twice as one of the top 16 health and fitness experts, and she's a regular health contributor to Fox News and a health expert for the ABC TV show, Good Morning, Texas. Welcome. So much more I could say about you. (laughs) Well, thank you, Joanne. It's wonderful to be here with you today. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure because I think that this is such an, an an important topic, and most people really don't know enough about inflammation, and you're an expert on it, and they don't know that not only does it cause disease that we can prevent, but also in terms of that whole fat inflammation. I love that word, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So, firstly, let's define it. I mean, we're talking about inflammation, but what mm-hmm. is it and where is it? I mean, isn't it everywhere in the body? Right. Well, there. Are, uh, first of all, inflammation is very important, but the right kind of inflammation, okay? So we have 75% of our population is walking around with a bad kind of inflammation, and they don't even know it. So the first type of inflammation is called acute inflammation, and it's not so cute because it gets your attention. It's what I call loud inflammation. It's that terrible sprain, black and blue, swollen ankle, that horrible sunburn, that cut on the finger, or that terrible head cold. Those are examples of acute 
inflammation. And so let's take that cut on the finger, for example. When you cut your finger, an enormous amount of inflammatory molecules are released. And soldiers, if you will, rush to the site to repair the wound. The wound heals. The soldiers go away. Everything is fine, okay? So then you're, that, that is the benefit of acute inflammation, and without it, we would not heal. We're sitting ducks, really. We wouldn't be alive. So it's very important. Even though it's uncomfortable, we need it. And then the next type of inflammation is the bad kind that I was referring to earlier. We have uh, within us inflammatory reactions that are very important, but sometimes the uh, immune system gets a little haywire, goes a little haywire, and inflammation can set up in the body. And a lot of times, in, in most cases, it's diet-related, okay? Low-level inflammation is what I'm talking about here, or silent inflammation. And it is the core cause of most illness, disease, faster aging, and even weight gain. You can look at low-level inflammation like having a sore on the inside of the body that never heals. And if not taken care of, will rear its ugly head in the form of some health condition later down the road. Now, the last type of inflammation is what I refer to as fat inflammation. It is the core cause of weight gain, and it is the silent inflammation of our fat cells. This silent inflammation of the fat cell produces um, a, a trickle of inflammatory molecules, just like with silent inflammation. There's just a trickle, unlike acute, if you recall. There's an, an enormous release, right? But with a trickle, you think, well, this might be better then. But it isn't better because the distinction is silent inflammation and fat inflammation, it never goes away. It's there 24-7 unbeknownst to most people. And so what happens with fat inflammation, the fat cell, you can look at it as like a factory. Uh, we have about 100 billion fat cells throughout our body, and they release this trickle of inflammatory molecules, and they're like little factories, if you will, spewing out inflammatory uh, proteins. And this has a metabolic effect that slows down the metabolism and it becomes a vicious cycle unless you do some intervention with it. Laura, so those, in a nutshell, that's inflammation. Okay, great. Let me ask you this, though, because as many of us are walking around with this bad inflammation, how do we know? Mm -hmm. Are there specific signs other than, you know, really getting an illness that, that because it may be too late? Are there any precursors to it, you know, that we can kind of take a look at and pay attention to? Well, actually, there are sometimes there are signs. There's always symptoms later down the road. But when the symptoms occur, the disease or illness process has begun to manifest or has manifested. So uh, most people do not realize they have low-level inflammation. That's why it's crucial, really, and I underscore that word, to take proactive care of your health to make sure that you're, 
you're uh, exercising preventive care as opposed to waiting until the symptom occurs or the illness or disease occurs. Because when you prevent, then it's a lot less expensive for one, and obviously you won't be ill down the road. Now, we're going to talk about prevention in a minute, but are there any tests or anything that anybody can actually look at in terms of, wow, she has low-level inflammation, get thee to, to, you know, to change your diet or, or whatever. Right, yes. There's, the CRP test is the one I like. Uh, it can detect the, uh, there's an inflammatory molecule that's released when we have low-level inflammation, homocysteine. And when you get this test done, C-reactive protein test, it can help you determine if you have uh, a high, an abnormally high level of protein of uh, inflammation, low-level inflammation in the body, which, as I mentioned earlier, most people do, and that is strictly related to lifestyle choices. You know, it's interesting because I, everybody, if they go to a doctor, you know, yearly gets an annual, gets blood work or whatever, but that's not a test. I just had blood work done and went for, you know, that's not a normal test unless you request that from a doctor, right? Exactly. That's a good point, uh, Joanne, because many people don't realize that there are a plethora of tests you can have. And in most cases, your doctor isn't uh, thinking from a proactive preventive level. He's thinking about what's going on right now. So let me test, you know, uh, your your red blood cell count, your sugar level, et cetera. But this is a test you actually have to ask for, and it's very inexpensive, but it's well worth it in terms of creating optimal health in your life. Good. So everybody, when you're, before you go to your physician for an annual checkup, this is a test. Tell them the name of the test again, Dr. Chen. It's called CRP. C-reactive protein. And, you know, I would also throw in there to have them test your magnesium levels because that's very important in terms of uh, creating, uh, to reducing and reversing inflammation in the body and your vitamin D level as well. Uh, A lot of uh, physicians will not test that routinely. So I really recommend that people get those two at least. Great. Great. So let's talk about (laughs) <laughs> Good. Let's talk about prevention because you're an expert on this, and all people need to do, hopefully, is is follow some preventive procedure in terms of their lifestyle that can actually help to prevent the bad inflammation. So, what do they? What do we need to do? Right, and that's a great question, Joanne. So, you know, we have uh, the every day we we have choices that we can make, and I always like to stress that uh, valuing yourself is very important in terms of creating optimal health, okay, and even weight loss. So, when you do that, when you come from a place of valuing yourself, you will begin to take better care. You'll begin to be more aware and more mindful of the choices that you make. So. And that, in fact, goes to the types of food we eat, to the thoughts we think, to uh, the, the, the exercise that we choose to get every day. It all boils down to choices in our life. And I always refer back to my mother's story because uh, my mother was an example of many people 
uh, who felt and feel as if they have no choice in life. They feel like this is their lot in life and this is the hand they've been dealt, when in fact it's not true. We now know uh, through science and research that we have 80% roughly uh, control in our genetic expression. That means that if we put in, um, we eat carefully, we choose the right foods, we choose the right thoughts, for example, we get exercise, we have uh, genetic expression that's positive. On the other hand, if we're choosing terrible foods, unhealthy foods, and we're negative thinking mostly, then we have uh, more of a negative expression genetically. So it is a wonderful um, branch of hope for many people to realize they do have control over their health, but it also uh, delivers responsibility at the same time. And when you take responsibility, you're making choices. And, and I always like to underscore that you do have choice in life. So the types of lifestyle choices that we need to make are ones that are preventive. They're going to reduce low-level inflammation in the body. And remember, I said early on that low-level inflammation is the core cause of most illness, disease, and faster aging, okay, and weight gain as well. So it behooves one, very importantly, to make uh, healthier choices in their life. So I want everybody out there to recognize that (laughs) your genetic makeup is not necessarily who you are. I mean, there's a part of it, but people, you know, don't blame everything on on your genes is what I'm saying. Because I I think what you're saying, and I've done some research on this too, is that that's not always the case. You have, like you said, choice and responsibility to shift that. To some extent. Yes. Yeah, well put. Exactly. And, you know, it's interesting because people will say, well, heart disease or obesity runs in my family. And uh, when, in fact, it's they found through research that it's the lifestyle choices that are passed down through the generations that run in the family and that you can reverse the tendency, there is a genetic tendency, genetic component, but you can reverse it with the right input, if you will. Okay, and and I love that because I think that's important. And that gives a lot of people hope and people said, well, my father has heart disease or my mother has Mm -hmm. colon cancer, therefore, there I am. But it's not true. Right, yes, exactly. What do you need to do in terms of diet? So what a lot of people are doing is they're they're choosing, we have here in the United States um, a very inflammatory diet. They call it the SAD diet, the Standard American Diet, and it's a perfect acronym. But uh, what we're doing is we're not taking care of what we need to do. So one of the first things I tell people to do is to avoid sugar, and, I, and I'm not... Uh, I'm not sugarcoating this either because I'm not saying minimize it 
or uh, use it in moderation. I'm saying avoid it. Once in a great while is fine, but the problem is the majority of Americans are addicted to sugar, okay? Sugar is the number one inflammatory food, if you can call it a food, out there. It's highly inflammatory to the fat cell and to the cells in general in the body. When you ingest sugar, you're triggering uh, not just the fat storage hormone insulin, but blood sugar swings that in the end uh, creates an addiction pro- uh, issue. And this is what Americans are finding out right now. And it's not your fault. And that's what I try to emphasize because the food manufacturers are adding sugar to almost every product out there. They're adding it to uh, foods that people think are healthy as much as a candy bar, like yogurt, for example, or whole wheat bread. Two tablespoons, whole wheat bread can raise your blood sugar as much as two tablespoons of sugar. And this is, in fact, sugar is so inflammatory to the fat cells that when people stop eating sugar, they automatically start losing weight. That's how inflammatory it is. So it's in ketchup, it's in chicken broth, it's in almost every product. And that's why I tell people it's very critical to look at the ingredient list to make sure that whatever you're purchasing does not have sugar in it, or at least it's at the very bottom of the uh, ingredient list. Uh, Another thing. Does that include organic sugar or honey? Yes, and that's where uh, people become a little exasperated because (laughs) the body is like (laughs) a chemistry lab, and it treats sugar as sugar, essentially. So when you ingest sugar, no matter what form it's in, even if it's high in antioxidants and nutrients, it still bumps up that blood sugar, and it still uh, creates an inflammatory reaction if you eat it in excess, which most Americans do. And if in, even if you're not eating it in excess, there's uh, another process that happens within the body, and it's called glycation. It's the caramelization of the bodily tissue. And you don't have to remember the name of it, but it's important to note that you know what the uh, uh, browned potatoes on the stove look like the crispy brown potatoes right or that Mm -hmm. crispy grilled steak that's an example of glycation and that's what's going on inside the body you can't feel it but it's happening and it doesn't just affect the tissue on the outside of your body creating wrinkles and sagging skin it affects the tissue on the inside of your body including your number one fat burning organ your liver when your liver is not functioning optimally you cannot lose weight. This is where a lot of the uh, uh, resistant, the frustration with stubborn belly fat, for example, or resistant weight comes in. People don't realize that their liver needs to be healthy in order for weight loss to occur effectively. So um, the other thing that people are doing outside of sugar, or not doing, I should say, is they're not drinking enough water. And I don't know about you, Joanne. If, are you drinking enough water? Do you feel like you I'm are? Drinking, I'm drinking a lot of water. Good. That's great. That's a great example. So uh, I always try to encourage people to drink 
at least half their body weight in ounces of water each day at a minimum, okay? So that means if you weigh 120 pounds to drink 60 ounces of water a day. And the reason this is so important is because if you want to lose weight, for one, your metabolism is boosted for hours afterward. Just one glass of water boosts your metabolism by 30%. That's just one glass of water. And research shows that those who uh, lose 50 pounds or more and keep it off drink water consistently throughout the day every day. Okay, 50 pounds, that's just water, and that's just one component. And so you can imagine you add another healthy component to your lifestyle choices, and it becomes much, much easier. You don't have to think about it. So water is important. If you're not drinking enough water, you're suffering from sugar cravings, possibly, or uh, you're you suffer from fatigue, a lot of that afternoon slump that people go get that candy bar to bump up their energy or that caffeine uh, in the afternoon is simply mild dehydration. So again, 75% of our population is walking around mildly dehydrated and they're suffering from joint pain and they're suffering from weight gain because they're not drinking enough water. And a lot of people think that if they drink water, they're going to create water retention or bloating when it, it's just the opposite. Water actually uh, is like a natural diuretic. It releases excess water within the cell. So we have a question from someone, and it says, mm-hmm. she's saying, if I'm drinking a lot of herbal tea, which obviously has water in it, is that okay, or does it have to be just pure, you know, plain water? That is, uh, it needs to be plain water, but uh, it's important to note that it does add hydration to the body. Any form of liquid uh, adds hydration, but the kidneys still have to filter those compounds out of the tea. So you really want your, your um, you want pure water, okay, in, the, in that sense. And, but herbal tea is fantastic. It's very good for you. It's a great choice. Good. Okay, so she's happy. She's <laughs> good, <laughs> but, you still, but you still need to drink that water. Okay, that you sounds like a lot to. of water. Somebody else is saying, "Well, I oh, you know, you're talking about it being a great diuretic. If I'm drinking half of my body weight, she's saying, or is it a he? I think it's a he. If I'm drinking half of my body weight, am I consistently? I have to work. How, you know, am I consistently running to the bathroom? Well, you know, you think about it. If you weigh 120 pounds. 60 ounces is just two liters of water a day. And once you start drinking water, you won't be running to the bathroom as often. And you want to drink more water. The more water you drink, the, more you, uh, the better you feel. You have energy. Like, For example, when you are mildly dehydrated, cellular function slows down. Everything slows down subtly in the body, including our metabolism. That's why we gain weight when we don't drink enough water. And that's why we feel tired when we don't drink enough water. But if you ever feel uh, fatigue or you feel low energy or you're not thinking sharply, drink some water and you'll be amazed at how quickly things turn around. Now, are there foods that can, uh, other than sugar, and I know sugar is, is, mm-hmm. is the largest one, but other than sugar that can cause inflammation that, that people who, especially if they want to lose that weight for that fat inflammation, that they need to steer away from? 
Right. You want to stay away from uh, white flour, for example. White flour metabolizes just like sugar. It processes in the body the, the same way. Uh, the only saving grace is it has maybe uh, almost a gram of fiber per serving. <laughs> and so, no, and there's not enough fiber in there to stop the release of uh, sugar into the bloodstream. So, uh, you know, people are eating and using the wrong types of fat in their diet. They're cooking with um, uh, cooking oils, for example, that are very high in omega-6 fat. And that means um, they're using canola oil, which many people feel is healthy, but it's a highly processed oil. If you knew how they processed it, you'd never use it. And it's uh, also high in omega-6. Omega-6 fat in the body when there's an excess of, and most people have an excess of because we get most of it from the food we eat, such as conventionally raised poultry and meat and eggs and dairy and farmed fish, for example. We, the processed junk food that a lot of people are eating is packed and dense with omega-6 fat. And also uh, these cooking oils that I'm referring to. So, uh, you know, what you want to do is, is really kick these, uh, these types of foods to the curb because when you ingest omega-6 fat in excess, the body creates a compound called arachidonic acid. And again, you don't have to remember the name of it, but this compound is stored within the fat cell. And the fat cell does not like arachidonic acid. It gets a little grumpy when arachidonic acid is stored within the, that cell. And so we so this fat cell begins to emit even more inflammatory molecules okay and as i mentioned earlier this has a metabolic effect that slows down the metabolism so if you think about the standard american diet it's omega-6 fat is at the very top of this diet okay and what we want to do is we want to opt instead for uh, foods that are grass-fed, for example, or pasture-raised poultry and eggs. We want to use cooking oils that are high and beneficial in healthy fat, such as avocado oil or macadamia nut oil or even olive oil. Olive oil does have a caveat, though. If you cook it at too high a temperature, it turns into an inflammatory fat. So what you want to do is either use it in your salad or cook it at a very low temperature. What about coconut oil? Very good. That's excellent. And it's even better for those that are trying to promote better brain health and also for weight loss. When you ingest uh, coconut oil, your body uses it for energy right away as opposed to being stored as fat. So it's really a great oil. It boosts your metabolism by 30% when you ingest it. And so it's a very good oil. The only, the only problem is a lot of people don't like the coconut flavor in some of their foods. But it's a great oil, uh, coconut oil, macadamia nut oil, and avocado oil, avocado oil are oils that can be uh, used at a high heat where olive oil can't be. So be careful about that uh, with the olive oil. Well, I've I've used coconut oil for stir fries, and it adds a little bit of a, an interesting flavor to it, and it's it's wonderful. I love it. It's and really also, good. Yeah, I also use it in my um, drinks, my my 
protein shakes that I make. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's so good for you. It really is in in multiple ways, really. If you so have a, oh, go, uh-huh. go ahead. No, well, if you have a if you have a sluggish thyroid, coconut actually heals the thyroid and bumps up the metabolism some. Oh, that's good to know. See, the, you know, it's interesting because you'll read certain articles or certain information, about, and some mm-hmm. people say coconut oil isn't good. And you, and you know, years ago, canola oil, really years ago, they they said canola oil was so wonderful for you, and then. There was a lot of other studies that came out, and so it's very difficult to be a consumer without you know, because oftentimes there are so many different views, and people don't know what to do. And and also a lot of mm-hmm. advertising, like you were talking about sugar, years ago, and probably now still, sugar was everywhere in terms of advertising, and it still is. And so you know it was okay. Do low fat but have your sugar. Right. In fact, uh, fat was just demonized. Uh, recent, re- recent actual research on research just found that uh, the sugar industry was paying the researchers to actually demonize fat and paid them a hefty amount way decades and decades ago. So this has stayed with us all these decades later. And the low-fat era, uh, what did they have when they took the fat out? They had to add sugar to the food. And so it's really set us up as an unhealthy, overweight nation. It really has. Now, how do we know about good bacteria versus bad bacteria mm-hmm. that, that that's in our body? Is there any way of, of knowing that without any testing? Well, not, not really. Um, if you're overweight, you uh, have an imbalance of unhealthy to healthy gut bacteria, and that's a very good question, Joanne, because your gut health is key to your optimal health, your mental health, and your weight as well. So 70% of your immune system resides within your gut. 90% of the serotonin, which I call the happy transmitter, that makes you feel Mm -hmm. calm and at ease, is made within the lining of the gut, not in the brain. And, in fact, our brain has 500 million brain cells. Our gut has 500 million brain cells. They actually call our gut our second brain. That's why when you feel nervous, or uneasy, you get uh, the butterfly effect, the feelings of butterflies in your stomach. Um, and weight, specific strains of bacteria are directly connected to how much we weigh. So researchers have taken the gut bacteria from a lean person, and they've planted it in that of an obese person, and the obese person lost weight, became lean, and they did the reverse and the lean person became obese, strictly from the gut bacteria. So this is, it's, again, I underscore the word crucial when it comes to taking care of your gut health because you can see clearly how important it is to every aspect of your health. And so what we want to do is we want to create an abundance of healthy gut bacteria. And we want to get rid of the bad gut bacteria. So how do we do that? We stop eating sugar. We stop eating the white flour, the processed foods, the uh, 
the refined foods because these foods are actually feeding those bad gut bacteria. They need these, these foods to live, to thrive, and survive. And so to stop that, we need to ingest foods that specific types of foods so we can create an abundance of healthy gut bacteria. When that happens, optimal health begins. And the best part is it doesn't take long. It takes, for example, three days to create better gut health, just eating one tablespoon of sauerkraut a day. So to create better gut health, we want to uh, ingest two types of foods, prebiotic foods and probiotic foods. Prebiotic foods are foods that uh, what I refer to as fertilizer. They're like fertilizer for the healthy gut bacteria. It feeds them, and they need this in order to for us to create an abundance of them. And these foods are like artichokes and beans and bananas and onions and garlic and leeks and asparagus. Those types of foods are very healthy for you. And uh, not only are they dense in powerful phytochemicals, plant nutrients, they are also helping you create better, uh, better gut health. And then what you want to do is you want to add in at least one a day a cultured food. You want to add in um, yogurt, for example, but not yogurt with sugar in it. Remember early on I mentioned that's one of those foods people think is healthy when they're just eating uh, as much sugar as a candy bar in this yogurt. So you want to look for uh, yogurt without sugar. And if you want fruit in your yogurt, I always, I love this trick. You just defrost a frozen bag of berries and overnight in the fridge, then you pour in the juice and the soft berries into the yogurt. And it's delicious and you'll never miss the fruited yogurt again, uh, sugared yogurt. And you want to add in uh, uh, cultured foods like sauerkraut, for example, or hard cheese, pickles are even one. These types of foods actually plant healthy gut bacteria. And the other foods, they feed these healthy gut bacteria. And then I also like to highly recommend that people take a probiotic supplement every day, make sure that it's a quality supplement, supplement that they guarantee uh, the recommended do- the amount in the dosage and that it's multi-strained and at least 30 billion a day. Now we it have sounds like a lot, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I do it every day. I love it. And That's great. we have another question here. Sure. This is from Sherry. I believe it's Sherry. She's saying, I've probably li- lived an un- had an unhealthy diet for years and years and years. If I shift based on what you're telling me, based, you know, and introduce the good inflammation and the, is that going to change or am I, or am I stuck with what I have because I've, I've spent years, she's not telling me her years, but I've spent years eating bad food. That is a great question. And the good news is that you can change your health, your cellular function, output, your genetic expression at any age. Okay? And that is, no, you do not have to uh, worry about that. Once you start reversing the inflammation uh, within the body, you're going to be amazed at how amazing the human body really is, how quickly it can heal and adapt. You know what I also found, because I, I 
pretty healthy. After a while, when you're when you're starting to shift your diet and you're really going for the healthy foods, there's something in your brain and something in your desire. You, I, you know, you just don't want that stuff anymore. So I, oh, I find yes. that. Oh yes, I That's a great point. That is such a great point because I, you know, um, I hear that time and time again. When you Stop eating the foods that are feeding those gut bacteria, those bad, unhealthy gut bacteria, like sugar and like refined processed foods. The uh, the cravings for them disappear. It takes a couple days at least, for most people, about a week. But some people start feeling the effects within three days of getting off sugar. And you think about, we have 100 trillion gut bacteria within our body, and it's it's an enormous amount. We have more gut bacteria than we have cells in the body. So when those gut bacteria want sugar, guess what? That's what you go get. You go get them some sugar. And it sounds like a sci-fi movie, but it's really the truth. They dictate now, if, we're like puppets on a string. <laughs> is there a sugar withdrawal that people have to go through? Because there, people, there is, I've heard, yeah. I've heard some of my clients say, oh, I'm a sugar addict. I can't get off of it. And when I do, I feel irritable and, and angry. Mm-hmm. And so is that, are they making that up or is that is that real? That's very That's real. Your, yes, there is. Yeah. It's different for everybody, but there are ways to mitigate it. And I have a, a sugar um, addiction program where I help people get off, but suffice it to say, if you are eating the right foods, you're getting healthy fat enough in each meal throughout the day, you're you're getting enough protein at every meal, you're getting phytonutrients from lots of leafy greens. These leafy greens, by the way, also reverse inflammation in the body. Um, you are helping blunt the effects of the sugar withdrawal because you're balancing that blood sugar. One of the main reasons outside of the psychological addiction to sugar is the um, just the uh, blood sugar swings that we have. When they dip, that's when we go and search for that candy bar, okay? That's why it's important to maintain a balanced blood sugar level. A lot of people feel that uh, when you do that, it's just for diabetes purposes, for people with diabetes, and that's not true. Your insulin sensitivity is your perhaps the most important component to optimal health is uh, your insulin sensitivity. So make sure that you keep that blood sugar balanced while you're trying to get off sugar, and you'll be fine. You'll do, it takes three days to a week roughly, and if you stick with it, you don't give up, you're going to love it. You're going to love being free from that sugar addiction. You won't be imprisoned by it any longer. I also think sugar clouds your brain. It does. In fact, they believe now through research that sugar is implicated, uh, that a high level of sugar in the diet is implicated in Alzheimer's disease. Wow. So you... Uh, it's very important to make sure that you avoid sugar in the body as much as possible. So, Dr. Shemek, you are such an expert in this. Is there a reason of a personal story that you got involved in inflammation and fat inflammation? 
Yes, uh, I alluded earlier to my mother, and uh, so I grew up uh, with my mother. She was a single parent and my two younger brothers, and most of the memories, unfortunately, that I have of my wonderful mother are of her being ill with a constant stream of different health conditions, and uh, but her choices were unhealthy. She smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. She, she had, sugar was the main focus in her diet. She was under enormous stress. You can imagine being ill combined with raising three young children. And so uh, I remember often just walking into her dark room, seeing her just laying there suffering. And she was very overweight as well. And so uh, my mother died at the very young age of 36, leaving mm. behind three young children with nowhere to go. And I I realized at my mother's memorial service that I wanted to help people and I wanted to help people know that they have choice to make in their life, that they absolutely do, because my mother didn't. She felt like, oh, this is it for me, you know. And so that's what I went into the helping profession and um, and it led me to my love in life, which has always been health and nutrition. And here I am today. <laughs> well, I, you know, not only is it a powerful story, it's so important for people to, again, to recognize that they, like you emphasize, and I totally believe this, they have choices and they can change everything immediately and it will have really a positive effect on them for the you know even a few days after or the rest of their lives you are right. so wonderful tell people how they can get a hold you. of you dr shemek and and all of your wonderful programs and books well thank you joanne uh you can find me on my website drlaurieshemek.com and that's s h e m ek.com and I'm on Twitter as Lori Shemek and I'm I have a Facebook page with lots of healthy information every day uh Dr. Lori Shemek on Facebook and I'm all over social media so uh just connect with me and I'll connect right back with you and if you ever have any questions um always know that I'm there for you Wonderful so what's a parting comment that you would like our listeners to know I would love our listeners to know that you do have choice and that uh, you are a beautiful, inherently beautiful, worthwhile person, and you deserve to be healthy. You do not deserve to be unhealthy. Wonderful. I love that. You deserve to be healthy. Thank you so much, Dr. Shemek, for your wealth of knowledge and for all that you do to help people get better, feel better, and live better. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor to be here. My pleasure. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. So next week we're going to be shifting gears, but remember what Dr. Shednick said. You have choices. That is so powerful to be able to recognize that it's not your genetics that's killing you, that you can change your diet even if you had a lousy diet beforehand, you can make those choices starting right this minute that can actually have a beautiful effect on your health and on your future and help you live longer and feel better. 
So next week, October 5th, we're shifting gears, and we're going to have Debbie Dashinger talking about the principles of true success. She's been on a show before. And remember, remember what Dr. Shemek said, that you can do this. This is not something, once you start shifting, once you start making those choices, making those decisions that can actually create better health, a better mindset, better energy, you're going to feel better. And the effect that you're going to have on on you and on other people is going to be incredibly enhanced. Remember that if you want to get a hold of me, you can go to my website, drjoannwhite.com, and also contact me, Joanne, at drjoannewhite.com. You have the power, the ability right this minute to change your life, to change your diet, to change your viewpoint, and it takes a choice. Thanks so much for being with us, and have a blessed day, blessed evening, wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.